Welcome to Nerds at the Roundtable, a podcast on a quest for quality pop culture. I'm Jamie. I'm Dwayne. And I'm Sammy. And on this episode, we're reviewing one of Dwayne's picks. Dwayne, why don't you tell us what you picked? You don't have to defend yourself. It's okay. Well, in 1971, Quaker Oats makes a very interesting movie to promote a candy bar they're coming out with. Thank goodness the movie lasted longer than the candy bar because the candy bar had <laughs> had something wrong with its ingredients, and when it made it to store shelves, it melted at room temperature. This movie, however, has endured based on the beloved book by Roald Dahl, starring Gene Wilder, Peter Ostrom, and Jack Albertson, Willy Wonka, and the Chocolate Factory. Yes. And no defense needed. It's a classic. No, I mean, <laughs> it's a classic. And this movie, it definitely, and I think it's interesting. You know, it was, we all know the book is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. However, Quaker Oats owns Wonka Candies, and that's why they changed, you know, the name at the beginning was to promote the Wonka bar that they were introducing. They wanted to introduce a new candy bar. Yeah. Well, we're, we're going to dig deep into Willy Wonka very shortly, but first we have to keep it 100. It's time to keep it 100. 100. 100. 100. Sammy, you've been very quiet so far. It's a good thing you get to go first. Start to a little guilty. (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. I I, I knew I went first. I thought I'd give you guys a few seconds there to to just do your thing. All right. So for my keep it 100, I chose Superman, Man of Tomorrow. This is the newest direct-to-market animated feature by Warner Animation and DC Comics. Uh, After the closing of the last story in Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, the studio really felt they could do more rich. And that's exactly what Man of Tomorrow does. It revisits those early days of Clark Kent, Superman, in Metropolis, trying to figure out his role. And I know we've seen that a number of times, uh, but it plays with the tropes a little differently. So we have Superman, Martian Manhunter, and Lobo, who are all the last of their species, who are kind of teaming up against this entirely new version of parasites. Uh, Two words, kaiju parasites. So that gives you an idea right there. Uh, Great voice talent in this. Zachary Quinto is the voice of Lex Luthor. Uh, The animation style is kind of neat. It's very Archer uh, style with that thick contour line. Um, And and I do just have to throw in, even though it's not part of the movie, the trailer for the next movie is fantastic. Uh, Batman's Soul of the Dragon. It's a 70s Kung Fu inspired Batman cartoon. Uh, but that will probably show up on another Keeping 100. But for this episode, Superman, Man of Tomorrow is my Keeping It 100. Nice. All right. Um, yeah, I can. I have trouble watching animated TV shows. I lose the interest. Animated right. movies, I can handle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, well, I'm next, and I'm going to. My timer started. Okay, I'm going to go with a BBC audio drama called No Place But the Water. And it's kind of a water world type setup. Uh, because of climate change, the waters have uh, around the earth have risen you know, dramatically. And the main characters are this uh, family who were on a boat and they were trying to find like, a dry place to live. And they found a, like, I, guess an, well, I guess it wasn't an island at the time. It was just dry land. But at this point, there's an island on the very edge of the water um, is a hotel. Uh, but it's empty. It looks like it's been ransacked. The things are broken in it, but it's a hotel. And they go in with the whole idea being like, what's what they tell the kids anyway. We're going to fix it up and we'll be able to receive people and help people because of the water. But things start happening. They start finding strange things in the house. Um, the youngest girl keeps saying there's a ghost in the house. Um, and then more and more people start seeing things. And another family shows up. And there's a lady about to have a baby. She's going to have it in that house. They don't go into the woods around the house for some reason. They don't go beyond the property behind the the hotel, and they don't tell the kids why. Um, it's really fascinating. It's got kind of a creepy horror vibe. The voice actors are fantastic. Um, there's mystery. There's scary. There's a lot of charm. And the episodes are really short, about 15 minutes each. And it's still an ongoing thing. It, this, they're still putting out episodes. It's really good. No place <laughs> but the water. Cool. Check that out. Was that one of those that um, you hear trailers for 
on uh, You're Dead to Me. Because I, I keep remembering there's a few trailers for different yes. BBC audio dramas. Okay. Yes, that, that's I where I, I heard the, yeah. Okay, that's where I, I came across. I remember that yeah. name. Okay. It's so. really good. <clears throat> oh, cool. And the, uh, the t- there's two young uh, girls in the cast, and the two young ladies doing the voice acting for those two girls are just, it's crazy how good the child actors for that. Especially when watching, you know, Willy Wonka in comparison. all right Dwayne better it but what you got all righty well um Amazon has a tremendous selection of Star Trek movies uh original generation and the next generation so uh this past uh, little bit I have uh, revisited Star Trek First Contact 1996 directed by Jonathan Frakes where the Borg are invading the Federation a starship Enterprise comes and stops them, but they travel back to just before the human race entered the warp world and uh, try to interfere with uh, history there. But the Star Trek First Contact, it's a blast. It's the other good Star Trek movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's more than one. maybe. There's more than two. There's maybe three. That that's what the that's the one that uh, what is it? Zephyr Cochran. That's the uh, progenitor of the of the warp drive. James yeah. Cromwell, right? Plays James him. Cromwell. Yeah, it's yeah. great cast. Good. James Cromwell. Yeah. Uh, and he's not exactly the hero that they expected <laughs> when so they went good. back, right? Alfie, yeah, Alfie Woodard is kind of oh, his, uh, so his helper. Yeah. She's oh, amazing awesome. here. Yeah, you have, um, and you also have from the Captain America movie. You have a Dum Dum. Um, Neil oh, McDonough, okay. Lieutenant Oh, Hawk. I forgot he was in there. Yeah, he yeah. was tremendous in there. As, as, as I was watching, I kind of went down an IMDb rabbit trail. I was like, I know that man's face. He's been in other things that I enjoy. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I IMDb there and just just go on a dive. He, he's who I wanted to play Cable. <clears throat> Neil McDonough. No, he would have been great. Yeah, yeah. Been great. that'd be interesting. Yeah, but we got Cable Thanos. I it worked out. Um, <laughs> hard to argue with Brolin. He's good at everything. Uh, I'm back to Willy Wonka. It's time for our opening thoughts and uh, grades. Sir. What? What? Jonah Hex. <laughs> okay, people make decisions. <laughs> and other people walk out those decisions. Sorry. Go ahead. And some people choose not to, wa- not to watch those movies and forget they happened. <laughs> Just because it exists doesn't mean you have to watch it, Sammy. I own it. <laughs> People make mistakes. Brolin made one and you did too. It's all right. So time for opening thoughts and grades. And I get the privilege of going first and I'm not going to, I'm not going to hide the ball. It's an A plus. Um, love the movie. It's a fantastic movie. I think there's a bunch of great performances. <laughs> some not so good ones. <laughs> mostly, mostly, you know, uh, youngish people. Um, but I, I, lo- I love how unique it is. I mean, there's not really much of anything like Willy Wonka. And when Tim Burton tried to sort of replicate it, um, well, we all saw that movie. And, um, best, the, the less said, better, the better. Um, and I love Willy Wonka's sense of humor. It's a unique sort of comedy, you know. That um, I just, I love it. It's a, it's a weird little, you know, oddity that just, I think it lands perfectly. A plus for me. No hesitation. Yeah. I am exactly uh, in your camp, uh, Jamie. A plus around the board. This movie is full of whimsy, fantasy, uh, you know, little nuggets of wisdom dropped by Willy Wonka throughout the the children's misadventures um, as they uh, struggle with their uh, personality flaws there. But uh, you know, it's just almost a perfect movie, and I love it so much. You know, even even the parts that aren't quite so enjoyable you know the parts where it shines really shine so brightly that that it's just perfect all right sammy you're making a face okay so (laughs) oh no despite the fact that my school librarian no no shade on librarians uh probably showed this movie every year of my elementary career never once mentioning it was a book we should probably read um (laughs) i I find i only remember the larger brushstrokes of this movie um 
those large plot points, character outlines, I'd totally forgotten about Gene Wilder's portrayal of, of Wonka. Um, you know, growing up, I loved everlasting gobstoppers and the whole Willy Wonka thing. But, you know, when I think of this movie, it's a lot like a candy bar. It's shiny and appealing on the outside. It's sweet in the middle, but it totally gives you a tummy ache if you eat too much. Mm. And this is why I've only watched this movie periodically. Okay. (laughs) So I'm going to go the dissenting side, gentlemen. Uh, I went B plus on this movie. (laughs) Oh, I know. So, I don't and, even and, know how to respond. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> maybe your head has a creamy center. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, we're going to get know. into it. I, yeah, I, we'll, we'll get into it. But there, there's just something about this movie that has always kind of just put me off a little bit. So we'll talk about really it. really surprises me. I mean, yeah. I, I, I thought, I thought I, honestly, I thought out of the three of us, I thought you would have been the biggest fan. <laughs> yeah. With the, yeah, with it being a literary and as and as literate as Sammy uh, normally is on these things and and uh, insightful, I, there's a lot of depth here, and I'm surprised of that grade. But now, are don't, you get me wrong. don't get me wrong, your students, Sam. Don't get me wrong. I loved the I loved the book. <clears throat> I just actually reread it. Just the other day, just because of us doing this, I reread the book. I mean, it's only 162 pages, so it's hmm. not like it's a forever read. But um, but I love the book, and I love Roald Dahl, and it's just, you know, I like the BFG so much more than I like this. But, you know, it's just one of those things. I don't know. What? Well, I, I think I think I know there's, there's a lot of like non-British, you know, actors. But it feels like it's a British movie. Like, it was a British, like – Sensibility about it, a British sense yes, of humor, there and, I, I thought, I, and I thought that would really appeal to you. So I, I'm really surprised. <laughs> uh, I'm surprised too. Well, as, as Sam's trying to get himself out of the hot house here, I think we should help him out with the fan <laughs> and maybe look at uh, some of the things that we enjoyed about the movie, Sam. <laughs> So here we go. Dwayne, you're first out of the gate on fame. Well, I love, love, love Gene Wilder's portrayal of Wonka. Is he crazy? Is he a genius? Is he a liar? Is he a madman? Is he a cheat, a swindle? <laughs> but it's he works and he's lovable. That's what amazes me about this, is he's is he's so nonchalant you know augustus falling in the in the chocolate river do something help <laughs> help police <laughs> you know when uh, these children are in you know all this despair and danger he's just like what are you going to do you know just just being calm and he's dropped so many nuggets of wisdom but then again everything is done with a wink and a nod and, and, and a kind of a fingers crossed behind the back almost. Uh, but that portrayal is so brilliant. Um, his, his take on that character was, was beautiful. You know, and uh, <clears throat> we were discussing this before we started airing uh, Wilder in an interview when, when cast as Wonka, he says, if I can't come out with the cane and do the role to get people off of their feet, to know whether or not you know this guy's lying or not, I'm not going to do the movie. And he said he was prepared to walk away if that demand wasn't met. Um, I mean, he's just brilliant, almost a Mad Hatter character in his top hat and purple jacket. Uh, the the twinkle in the eye, you know, those gorgeous Gene Wilder blue eyes that he just captivates the audience with. Just insane behind there. I love it. All right. right. Sammy, do you have anything positive to say? You know, okay. (laughs) Once again, like I said, I'm, I'm a fan of Roald Dahl. 
Okay, I love his writing, and I do think this movie captures that over-the-top nature of of the writing itself. You know, uh, I, I think I could describe this movie as 60 psychedelia mixed with confectioner's sugar. Okay, um, and you know it captures that that nonsensical nature of don't you think know, that it, was sugar. <laughs> I, that was such a good line. I take back my joke about you're the creamy center in your head. <laughs> <laughs> but you know there are great characters. There's great music. There's that absurdity. It makes the movie fun to watch. I mean, I will say that. Okay, and it's also why this movie is emblazoned into our collective movie zeitgeist. I mean, it is. Everybody knows Oompa Loompas, and and most people can can hum a few bars of at least one of the songs, or you know Augustus Gloop. I mean, all that kind of stuff, and and it is part of the cultural zeitgeist, I think. And so, I do like that part of it, guys. I mean, I'm not, you know, B plus is good, great. <laughs> <laughs> we can harass each other though. <laughs> and there was a '90s band named Veruca Salt. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, we're 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 dudes and we're friends. We give each other a hard time. It's what we're supposed to do. If we're <laughs> if we're not doing that, that means we're mad at each other. Um, that's right. That's right. <laughs> um, okay, so my my fan is that they were they were courageous in their weirdness. Um, they set out to make a really quirky, strange movie. It did a, some really, I think, really brave things in this movie and just owned it. Uh, you think about. I mean, the character of Willy Wonka in this movie. He's really ambiguous. There's times where he is straight up menacing. Um, there's other times where he's like sweet and endearing. Um, he's mean. He's snide. He's arrogant. He mocks children. <laughs> That's not normally what you want in your title character. And they roll with it. Um, you've got the children. Most of the children are, are unlockable. You don't normally see children this unlockable in movies. Um <laughs> I mean, you're not even like super mad when Augusta Gloop gets stuck in the, you know, the pipe and gets shot up it, you know, <laughs> uh, when Mike TV gets shrunk down and may, might never be this normal size again. You're not super mad about it. Um, and you're like, when the Veruca becomes a bad egg, you're like, you know, yeah, it's all that coming. She's a bad egg. <laughs> <laughs> Knew that would run off, right? <laughs> and, and think about all the child endangerment in this movie. Veruca Salt, maybe she's in the furnace. Maybe she's not. I mean, you don't have a lot of child endangerment in movies. And I think the the thing that struck me the I think for the first time for this watch and for this review was how moralistic this movie is. Um, I mean, it gets to the point like every every Oompa Loompa song is like moralism, like hardcore. Like I mean, mm-hmm. even to yeah. the point there's a whole song about the evils of chewing gum. <laughs> yeah. I mean, these are just things that aren't done. I mean, they're not normally in movies, especially movies for children, and they just lean into it and roll with it. It's kind of, I mean, I kind of admire the courage to do that. Well, you know, that was a big part of the book. Uh, Even they made the part, a point in the book to say, get rid of your TV and buy a bookshelf and load it with books for your kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally the book ends on, on, you know, around that note of all of these things, you know, spoiling your children, watching too much TV, and, you know, is just too much for kids. And we've got to, you know, bring imagination back. And that was one big thing that Roald Dahl talked about a lot in the book was the lack of imagination in children because oh, yeah. of all of these other things. Well, that's and hadn't the even seen a smartphone. Yeah, that's exactly. the entire Mike TV song, you know, uh, yeah. read a book, get rid of, you know, develop your imagination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's a lot of those little angles like you just you don't see, especially in movies like family movies or movies aimed at children. You just don't see these kinds of things. Not not at this quantity or this intensity. <laughs> True. All right. I'm sure Sam's well, have a lot to say on the next section. Well, I think we should maybe run through the, the uh, kitchen there uh, on our way to the fudge room and pick up some pans. They do all the work anyway. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, I know. I know a B plus is a good grade. We're giving you a hard time, but so nah, what? What, okay. what? What is your? What is your biggest? You know, critique of the movie. You know, here's what's funny. You all have been talking about Gene Wilder's portrayal as Willy Wonka, 
And that is probably the thing that puts me off the most. <laughs> all right. He is like this creepy carnival barker. All right. Uh, I mean, the man has rapid mood swings. He is frightening sometimes. Uh, you know, I know some of that is just Wilder himself. He's kind of was always kind of a manic person in nature anyway. And I think, you know, some of that, like I said, is in the book. But but I think Wilder just kind of with those eyes, you know, big eyes kind of brings that to the forefront, maybe a little bit. Um, you know, this is not the person I imagined my in my head when I was eating gobstoppers and nerds as a kid which I don't eat anymore because one root canal is enough. But, um, (laughs) but it's just, (laughs) but it's just, I just, I don't know. I find him scary and creepy and off putting. And I don't know what, I just have issues. Maybe it's because I did watch it so much as a kid. It scarred me. So (laughs) I I think, I think I love that he's all over the map with it. And it's Mm -hmm. just so unpredictable. I, I find it a fascinating performance. Right. I get it, and I, and I, it, it is hilarious. I mean, when he's like, "What, what, what was it? Oh, this is this. It's so much stress, or this is so oh, this suspense is killing me. I hope it'll last. I hope it'll, I hope last. it'll last. That's <laughs> it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, I gave it an A plus. There is one big black hole of hatred I have in this movie, um, and it, but it's not enough to make this not an A plus movie. I hate Grandpa Joe. He. <laughs> He's a jerk. I really don't like that old jerk. He lies in bed for 20 years, lets his daughter slave away taking care of him. What little money they have gets spent on his stupid tobacco. And now he's even letting his grandson buy his tobacco. But the first chance of something good in his life, dude pops right out of bed and does a dance. I mean, from from the word go, I, I don't like the guy. And then it's his idea. To take the fizzy lifting drink. He has to, like, get Charlie to do it. Charlie doesn't want to do it. I hate Grandpa Joe. I think we're supposed to like him. He's this endearing grandpa, <laughs> loves his son. I just, I don't like the guy. Uh, there's, there's things that could have been differently. Like, you could have played that differently. But the way he is portrayed in this movie is just this, I, I don't, I, I don't have the words to describe how much I don't like Grandpa Joe. <laughs> well, you know, what, what's funny is in the book, you know, uh, Charlie's dad is in the book, so it's not just his mother. Yeah. His dad's actually there. And the reason Grandpa Joe goes with him is because Grandpa Joe knows more about Willy Wonka and the history of the factory, which is why they kind of chose him to go. Hmm. And, and that didn't come out in the movie, you know, that kind of thing. And the, the, the idea of the father wasn't there and, and that kind of thing. So – I thought that was interesting. I didn't know that the father was a change, uh, you know, that was done for the first movie. Um, In the book, uh, I've not read the book, but in the book is Grandpa Joe Bedridden. Yes. Yeah. All all of them are still sharing the bed. They've been there for 20 years. So he still has the miracle cure when the golden ticket. Yeah. Yeah. All that still happens. That was, that was a discussion. Yeah. That was a discussion at the house uh, while we were watching it. You know, like, (laughs) It's like, really? This is such a goober. You know, he's just such a loser. He's letting his family, you know, languish in poverty. And he's, you know, bedridden, uh, you know, eating cabbage water and smoking tobacco. And, uh, oh, we got a golden ticket. Let's go. Let's get the let's get the shoes out and go, you know. Yeah. And how long had those shoes been under the bed? If he had been bedridden for 20 years. I, I bet when everybody else goes to sleep, he gets up and moves around. He's been faking the whole time. <laughs> This shoes are well worn. There is a there is an edit on uh, of that of the dancing scene on YouTube. It seems like they they changed the music around and made it really creepy. And Grandpa Joe is like a is like an abusive drunk in that <laughs> scene. The way that they the way that they kind of shuffled the the song and the stuff around. It's really really weird. If but, Grandpa Joe had gotten on the goose scales, he would have been a bad egg too. <laughs> <laughs> Probably was, and like you said, he did kind of you know prod Charlie into the fizzy lifting drink. He you know he was bedridden until the magic ticket rolled around and the golden ticket rolled around. So yeah, um, I know it's my turn up on pants, but I really, I mean, Grandpa Joe withstanding, you know, we'll, we'll just set him off to the side and not not beat on Jack. I wish we could. 
you know, and uh, well, I, I he would, would sit there, there for twenty years. He would sit there if he's sitting to the side. I really, I mean, didn't didn't have a, a pan with this movie. I mean, you, you start out with the candy man. You have the weird teacher in school trying to explain this. <laughs> And you have the, you know, uh, this kind of off kilter, not quite British setting of humor. Uh, the movie was actually filmed in Munich, Germany. Um, if that answers a lot of the feel for like the, that kind of in shambles Cold War city, uh, filmed in Munich there. But, you know, the morals that the Oompa Loompas lay out, the set designs, the just the colorfulness. Uh, I really don't have a pain, guys. And, you know, you, you, you take Grandpa Joe's miraculous cure out of the equation, <laughs> and this is, you know, about as good as it gets. <laughs> and, and, I, and I do I do want to throw in, too, that we're, we're, I think we're all giving the child actors a big pass. Oh, yeah. Uh, there, there's some rough performances there. <laughs> Why don't you open your mouth a little wider when you speak? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's yeah, there's some rough performances with the child actors, but you know that's really kind of what they were set out to be. You know, they are these broad brushstrokes. You know, they're they're almost a Lucasian, yeah. you know, black and white villains. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, creepy people, a uh, spoiled brat. You know, kid who just has no regard for anything but fantasy and TV. And then you know you have this little poor, honest, earnest young man in uh, Charlie. Right, y'all give us more. Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's give us some Let's do it. Graphically Novel. Three brothers tackle a different graphic novel each week. Listen as the brothers Fugit discuss classic and not-so-classic graphic novels. Subscribe now on your podcast feed of choice. Graphically Novel. Three brothers who like each other but love comics. Uh, well, I'm first on base performance, and despite all the Sammy's protests, I'm going to give it to Gene Wilder. Uh, I'm I'm fascinated by the performance here, the 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 manic mood swings between being endearing and warm to the children, and then you know the I mean the whole boat ride thing. I mean, just madcap crazy, you know, it's just over the mm-hmm. top screaming at the end, uh, and there's moments where he's being. You know, menacing, threatening, intimidating. Um, other times, he's sort of mocking the children. There's, and there's like, I mean, the same the same with Mike TV. It seems like he's having fun with Mike TV until he gets on, until he, you know, gets transmogrified or whatever happens to him. Uh, I just, I, I, I find the entire performance fascinating. And then the, especially my, my favorite moment is the switch at the very end when he goes from like the the tirade against uh, against Charlie when he gets nothing. And then when Charlie puts the gobstopper down and then he switches to Charlie, my boy, and we see the real Willy Wonka. Um, and just, just and it's just a, an amazing performance because you believe both things. The tirade feels real. It's believable. And then him being so happy and elated. I, I believe that too. Um, it's just, a, it's just, it's just a, I think, a fascinating performance by Gene Wilder. Okay. Cool. Well, I know uh, Sam's not going to go on this bandwagon, but Jamie, I'm not with you. <laughs> Gene Wilder, you know, this is this is really a career defining. I think, you know, and I was looking at his career too. You know, you have Blazing Saddles, you have him in, you know, Stir Crazy, Young Frankenstein, The Silver Streak, all of these. You know, the Frisco Kid, Sammy. I'm surprised you're not even uh, more impressed with him because he was Sherlock Holmes' smarter brother. In 1975. Yes. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he has so many great roles, so much in his career, and this is such a memorable portrayal. And he plays it so close. I mean, he's so huge, but it's still so close to the chest. You don't know if he's honest. You don't know what he's getting at. But he's just this larger-than-life, menacing, lovable character. Well, you know... You you mentioned a few movies with Gene Wilder I like, you know, and he would correct you correct you and say Frankenstein, not Frankenstein, <laughs> but yeah, <you> <laughs> and Blazing Saddles is Mel Brooks. So come on, so <laughs> all right, um, see, I went a little different as far as best performance. You know, 
And I know we're giving some of the child actors a little bit of a pass, but I think that Peter Ostrom as Charlie Bucket did a really good job in this. Mm-hmm. You know, he took me back to those points of my childhood where there was something you just wanted so badly, like it took over your whole world. It's all you thought about. It's all you dreamed about. And, and you know, but he did it in such a sincere way. You know, he wanted that golden ticket, you know, and and that part of his character could come across as too sweet or too naive but I think it works so well, and he feels real. And like I said, just took me back to those moments in childhood, you know. And then when you actually get it, you know, that thing, you know, I'd Castle Grayskull on Christmas, that would be mine. You know, and, <laughs> you know, even though still at this point the USS flag will still always be the heel I down because I still never got one of those as a kid. But <laughs> – other than that, Peter Ostrom as Charlie Bucket, I think, did a great performance. Yeah, he, he was clearly like head and shoulders above the rest of the Above the rest, yeah. Really yeah. 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 Interview in the documentary I watched, he said, you know, when they started uh, the audition process with him, he said it took them so long to get back to him. He didn't know. He said when he spoke with them, he thought that they wanted him, but it took them like four weeks to get back to him. He says when they got back to him, like, oh, we really, 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 really want you. But apparently the production of this thing was such a train wreck. Uh, you were talking about the, uh, you know, how broad everything is. Uh, the screenwriter, was this was his first uh, ever screenwriting experience. Which, if I remember right, this is like, they, did, they had a lot of people who were not like <clears throat> professional filmmakers. Professional like, it was kind of an amateur production. Yeah. In, in, in a lot of ways. Well, our next award is Best Scene. And uh, Sam, what do you got, bud? You know, there's some interesting scenes in this movie. (laughs) There really are. Um, The one that stands out to me that I just think is so much fun can be summed up as the chocolate ransom scene. And I love that. It makes me laugh so hard. The scene in the Curtis home is so strange and it's one of these little vignettes that they just throw in and just the whole point when when the detective goes it's your husband's life or your case of wonka bars and the wow pauses and goes how long would they give me to think it over (laughs) i love that scene i laughed so hard at that i liked it (laughs) it's a good one (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was almost made my list. Uh, those little vignettes of people trying madly to get the Wonka bars. <laughs> Your Majesty, you know, <laughs> you know, those little things. But uh, you know, I know I've alluded to this before. But uh, you know, I'm going to take a little bit more than a scene. I'm going to do my my classic cheat here, guys. I take a little segment <laughs> of the movie. I know we've done this from time to time, but when you take Wonka's entrance when the, on the day of him opening the factory. The news reporters are there. The children are all there. The bell chimes 10. The door opens, and here comes this decrepit man walking out with a cane. He gets almost there. The cane sticks in the cobbles, and he does the roll and bounce up, and this vivacious alive character you know just just encapsulates everyone welcoming them into the factory and when they go in they have this the uh, this the, the hands that take their coats the signing of the contract and they go through the doors into the small the hallway as it shrinks and you know all the all the back around and back and forth and you can't go out this way you got to go forward to get back and you know and, and Till that tiny door, you know, when they open up into the the, the candy forest, there, uh, uh, that's probably just establishes so much of that of that character in the movie. So, so what you're saying is, from the moment the gates open to the glass elevator lifts off, that's the best scene. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that scene, yeah, that that scene there. No, no, I'll take it. I'll take it even shorter. I'll take it even shorter than that. Yeah, when that, when that, when they, you know. 
open the tiny door and you know then they go in yeah. there. that's that's yeah those little that little section there is just it establishes you know cuz Wonka to that point is just a legend he's no more than a myth to these people and when he becomes reality there and then you see the insanity in his in his uh, abode it that's great <laughs> Yeah, you went through the looking glass by that point. Um, mm-hmm, definitely. Uh, well, those were two of my... T- I had a top five list, and y'all picked two of them. Um, my favorite one is a weird one, though. I'm, I, I mean, I, I know Sammy's not going to agree. I love the boat scene. The boat I mean, scene's amazing. It's amazing. Like, the, the kids are all getting scared. The parents are freaking out. And Gene Wilder starts off small. And he gets bigger and bigger and more, you know, crazed. By the end, he's just screaming at the top of his lungs, and then it's all fine. And I just, that whole scene, I just, I'm gripped by it. It's just, I'm laughing the whole time. That's far enough. <laughs> I love You're <it>. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like a Pink Floyd video. <laughs> well, I'm up next with the uh, best character. And guys, I think there's only one right answer in this as far as characters go. It's Oompa Loompa 3. <laughs> it's Oompa Loompa number 3. As, uh, I mean, he was the one, he really had the choreography down. Uh, he, you could tell he was really into it, really devoting there. Looks like he maybe dropped a couple pounds for the role. And just, just had those morals memorized. You know, those... Yeah, Oompa Loompa number three was my was my best character. All right, he now, did the best now, cartwheels. Yeah. The, <laughs> now, now, now was that uh, Deep Roy? That was Oompa Loompa three. <laughs> Deep Roy was not in this one. Deep Roy was in the uh, was in the the Johnny Depp one. Oh, he's in the Johnny Depp. Right. It, it it's tough to remember because he was in so many movies like yeah, over so he's, many years. Yeah, he's I just take for granted. Yeah, he was yeah. not in there. Okay, well, sorry. Well, well, I'm going to jump in and go with uh, Sammy's best performance. I love Charlie Bucket. He's just such a sweet, good-hearted kid. It's, as much as I don't like his grandpa, I love, I love, I love him with an equal amount of emotion. Um, he's just a great kid, and the sacrifices he's making for his family. The, um, I mean, he's just such a good kid, you know, and so sincere, yeah. but in, in a way that's not off-putting and not unbelievable. Um, just, I just love Charlie Bucket. I like it. You know, similar to, to Dwayne, I'd pick the Oompa Loompas as my favorite character characters. Uh, you know, because I think they're, they're such an iconic part of this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just immediately recognizable. Uh, the lyrics and the songs are, are just so much fun with those characters. And similar to what Jamie had talked about, you know, I love that the concepts of the songs have a moral to them. And to me, it's so relevant still today as it was in 1971. And, and to me, that that made the Oompa Loompas even better is that 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 theme kind of carried through. And I almost thought about Grandpa Joe as the best character, and then I thought, oh, that that might be a bridge too far. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow, that might get me kicked off the podcast. So, um, well, Sammy, that yeah. may have been a bridge too far, but we're sure he wouldn't have crossed it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some of his tobaccos on the other side. <laughs> Maybe his daughter carried him across it. Um, <laughs> so our next award is best quote, and I think I'm going to ruin Dwayne's because uh, we were talking before, and I think we've got the same one. And it's it's this weird scene. It's during the, <laughs> the scene where they're all licking the wall. And I forget what Veruca Salt says. He says something I think snide about Snallsberries. Mm-hmm. And he just gets real serious and sincere, and he turns to her and says, we are the music makers and the dreamers of dreams. And I don't know if it's just me being an artsy fartsy, you know, creative snob or whatever, but something about that just really speaks to me. I love the way he delivers the line. I love the line itself. And I love that this movie and not just that line, but the whole movie is highlighting the power of imagination and how, and how much we're lacking 
if we don't have imagination, if we don't live live lives with imagination. I mean, if we just get bogged down by life and we just we're staring you know, just what's directly in front of us and just uh, uh, we're lacking something without it. And I feel like that, that line captures it in a, in a in a really beautiful way. Yeah. You uh, were exactly right, Jamie. You. That I was is, afraid. I'm sorry. That is my favorite. Well, that's okay because I have two backups, and I'm taking both of them. So just don't mind. Okay. <laughs> well, but before because you do your backups, after any time Willy Wonka's mouth is open, you can <laughs> yeah. always count that as as a great quote. But anyway, go ahead, Sam. What were you saying? I, w- I was going to say, you know, the the line about we're the music makers actually comes from the poem "Ode" by Arthur O'Shaughnessy. Um, so once again, hitting that idea of reading and being literate was important. And so they, they pulled that quote from the, the poem. So we are the music makers and we are the dreamers of dreams. Yeah, that is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but two, uh, two more quotes I'm going to take. And, and one of them is uh, Willy Wonka's uh, response to Mr. Beauregard. When he asked him about the contract, he says, you got an indemnity clause in there, Mr. Wonka? He says, never between friends. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, and then I think he's responding to uh, Mr. Salt. And he says, no, he says, you can never doubt what no one is sure about. <laughs> and I'll say that from time to time. And people just look at me like I'm insane, which you know, they enjoy. But they're not probably not pro- probably wrong. But but those those are a couple of my favorite quotes. I, guess. I like it. You know, there, there's another one that I chose for mine, and and like you said, um, even though I do find Willy Wonka a bit creepy, I think some <laughs> of some of the lines are definitely <laughs> important, and they carry weight. Uh, and I love the one where, and I can't remember the context at this point, and I guess I should have looked at that a little closer. But I love the line, a little nonsense now and then is relished by the wisest men, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And so even though yeah. he's pushing literacy, even though he's pushing all these things, you know, he's not saying don't be uppity still yet. Have, be able to have a good time still. Be a little silly. It's good for us all. So. Yeah, that was one of my uh, top three. I had another mm-hmm. one you've already mentioned. The suspense is terrible. I hope it lasts. <laughs> See, I had three on mine. The suspense is terrible. I hope it'll last. A little nonsense now and then, and we are the music makers. We have the exact same top three. Yep. <laughs> oh, it's great. I love it. Well, being a, a, a creative crew here, uh, this movie uh, has some wonderful segments. Some great songs sung by many of folk, from the Oompa Loompas to the Candyman at the beginning to Charlie's Mother. I'm surprised the teacher didn't break out in a song at some point, but uh, Sammy, you lead us off with the best song. All right. And you guys got the memo. We've got to sing our best song, right? Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we suddenly lost Jamie. <laughs> no. Um, Honestly, I'm, I mean, I, I know it's nail on the head of, with this movie, but just the song Pure Imagination. Um, I just think that it's such, I mean, when you look at the lyrics and you listen to those lyrics, you know, imagination is such the essence of childhood. You know, there are no boundaries, no obstacles to imagination. And somewhere between there and being an, an adult, sometimes I think we lose track of that. Um and that, that's probably one of the biggest things I wish I could get back to more than anything else is getting back to that that imagination that I had as a child. I would love to be able to tap back into that. So, yeah, yeah pure imagination is probably, like I said, my favorite. Well, I think you are exactly and perfectly right there. That's my uh pick for best song and i think that uh, it is the best song in the movie and you think of the lyrics you know, you're talking about the imagination he says you know if you want to view paradise just look around and view it but if you want to change the world and you see in the movie he plucks a hair from mike tv's head you know if you want to change the world and he makes that small change and drops it on the ground just go ahead and do it you know even the smallest thing will make an impact in your world and that's how change happens small steps we cannot you know turn this train around in an instant it's going to take a minute it's going to take many increments but uh, you know just the impact that you can have 
you know, in your world by a little imagination. Yeah, and I'm I'm on the same page. I I, I mean I don't even have a backup. There's no top three, no top five. I mean I, I the Oompa Loompa songs are a lot of fun. <laughs> they are. Um, but I I think that that song and that room itself, the entire the candy room, <clears throat> it, it embodies what the movie's really about. Um, it's, it's it's pure imagination. That whole room is just you know just <laughs> madcap imagination everywhere you look. And I, I think it just captures what what Willy Wonka is about, what this movie is about, and what the what what messages they're trying to get across. Yeah, I mean, we we need this in our lives. We're we're not whole. We're not healthy without it. Yeah, I want to drop a small fact on you guys. Um, the Candyman song at the beginning, as we know, is made popular by uh, uh, Mr. Sammy Davis Jr. Mm-hmm. He actually uh, tried out for and politicked to try to get the role of the Candyman in the candy store to perform that song. Uh, but the director wanted more of a British uh, feel to it. Yeah, that's why he went with the actor that he did. That's interesting. So, I heard a different yeah. story. I heard the exact opposite. They wanted Sammy Davis and then now he backed heard, out. Now, well, I heard he actually politicked for it. Now, he may have backed huh. out when it came down to it, but I had... But the documentary... I watched two documentaries uh, on this uh, and... Uh, they were the filmmakers were talking about how Sammy wanted that role. Hmm. Now this this was the debut of the song though, wasn't it? And then Dave made it popular himself. I Is that correct? Think it was before this. Yeah, I think the song okay. was out before this. Couldn't and remember. They integrated it. Yeah. Well, I know I know nineties kids will have a totally different imagination when it comes to Candyman. So. <laughs> <laughs> The remaking that. Um, (laughs) Well, our last award is best fantasy element because once uh, once Wonka does the flip, it's all fantasy (laughs) there on out. Dwayne, what's your favorite fantasy element? Um, I love uh, the uh, Tardis effect of the warehouse. It seems much much bigger and grander on the inside than the outside. Um, you have this, you know, mad maniacal world in there, just a whole view, uh, just the world in the factory. How he brought these oompa loompas from, um, I guess, this other dimension almost <laughs> in there because you know, Miss TV is a teacher of geography. Right, and she oompa would know land. where oompa land was if it was real, you know. And then, but uh, you know, no biologist is familiar with the vicious canids. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got a tie. Can I go last, Amy? Sure, not a problem. Um, favorite fantasy element for me, and, and this hark is back to something that Jamie said already. I love the boat. <laughs> I did. I loved the boat. Uh, just the idea of the fairy tale nature of a boat traveling down a chocolate river. It's like Candyland comes to life. Um, this leisurely jaunt turns into just this madcap cacophony of, of visual stimuli. Uh, <laughs> and all the while, those little Oompa Loompas are just paddling their little hearts out. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yep. So it's just great. It does make me laugh. So, All right. well, and, um, and, and Dwayne Dwayne had me at Tardis. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I I'm gonna go with the Oompa Loompas. I love the Oompa Loompas. Um, the just the ridiculous backstory. The <laughs> The way the way they do all the work, Wonka does nothing. The Loompas do everything. <laughs> the orange faces and green hair. The That's character right. designs are so good, so amazing. <laughs> I don't know who thought of that or what they were on, but it's great. It works. <laughs> <laughs> and and I love Wonka's office. Yeah, Wonka's office was half. weird. I'm trying to yeah, half <laughs> everything's in halves. Yeah, it's so, it's so silly. I love it. He must have went through a divorce. <laughs> that's why it's at the factory now <laughs> yeah that's it <laughs> divorce slug <laughs> I was going to say Ms. Mrs. Wonka went over to the slug <laughs> <laughs> you to keep the Oompa Loompas there. well you know a, a sweet and wonderful treat is uh, always Keanu Reeves 
how does Keanu connect to this 1971 chocolatey sweet masterpiece? Okay, I was scared. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I was scared for you. Um, when I think about it, um, most of the actors in this movie were um, no longer with us by the time Keanu's career started. Um, or they didn't act anymore. Most of the kids didn't go on to act. And so it was actually a very small cast option. So I, I had to go to the crew. And there is a crew member on this movie with an awesome filmography. Um, <laughs> it's all over the place. Um, he worked on gyms like Wonka, where eagles dare. Yes. The director of photography from Willy Wonka, the chocolate factory, also was the director of photography on Where Eagles Dare. And the bounty. Uh, he did that as well. Um, there are some also, I haven't seen any of these movies, but there's some hilariously looking uh, named movies. Um, the, the movie posters are great. Santa Claus, the movie, The Prisoner mm-hmm. of Zinda. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't happen to a vet. And they don't mean soldier, they mean veterinarian. Frankenstein, <laughs> the true story. Um, it's all over the place. But with his very last film credit, Arthur Ibbotson, who is the director of photography on Willy Wonka, performed the same role for Babes in Toyland with a v- featuring a very young-looking <laughs> Keanu Reeves. And that is our Keanu connection. <gasps> Even more young-looking than now. Yes. <laughs> he was a whole Keanu like was... eight years younger than he is now. Barely in 1985. Wow, barely aged. So that was our Keanu connection. Well, fellas, next up we have a real gem. Yeah, we do. Jamie. Yep. This is your pick. You lay this baby out here. I, I don't have to preview much. Um, we're watching Fellowship of the Ring next. Um, I, I feel like we've been watching a little early. Feels like a Christmas movie to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should know. Why are okay. we not watching The Two Towers? We never watched the first movie. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I failed you guys. Yeah, we're, we're breaking tradition here and going My, with a first in a series. Which really, Sam, if you think about it, if you look at it chronolog- chronologically, mm-hmm. we are reviewing a sequel because The Hobbit. Very true. Uh, but you we bailed did, me out. But we did The Hobbit. We did The Hobbit. <laughs> But we really looked at well, that more of the book. It was but the there's, book, yes. But there's so much movie here. Maybe it's like we're watching the first and the second movie. This is true. True. Very true. <clears throat> so, guys, as this fellowship prepares to view the Fellowship of the Ring, Jamie, what are we going to do till then? We're going to eat our taters and keep it nerdy. Yeah.